Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast, episode 129. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. I got the brothers in here. Uh, more of a familiar intro this week, fellas. How y'all doing? <laughs> Thank you, bro. I felt a little rushed last week. I was just a little off, you know, maybe it was a little break we took, but uh, doing good, man. I was always ready to get into it. Yeah, same here, man. I'm surprised you ain't try to figure out nothing with significance with 129 like you uh, tried to do with the 128 last time, but uh, I guess you didn't even go ahead and retire that, but <laughs> I'm not really going to hold it either, man. I'm doing good on this end, just ready to get back to recording, bro. Man, you give up easy, Los. I thought you was going to come up with something for this episode. Maybe next episode. But anyway, we back, man. Make sure that you follow us on all our socials, O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate all the love and support as always, and we'll jump right into it. Uh, Episode fresh off of the Super Bowl. We won't get into details of the game. By the time this is released, you probably won't care about it. But what's worth discussing is Mr. Patrick Mahomes, who's added on to his legacy. He now has two Super Bowl rings, two NFL MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. I'm not ready to say that this man is a legend, but I am ready to say that this is really the beginning of something. We really may be watching the beginning of a legacy being born um, that may exceed or do something uh, the same that Tom did, you know, we, we're looking at the the, the beauty of it. Uh, he's only 27 years old, so he has a lot more to accomplish. Uh, we see how long that quarterbacks can play if they're able to stay healthy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's talk about his legacy, man, and where does he fit in your spectrum as far as the greats so far? I mean, he's 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 creeping up that um, that list, you know, just simply because he's been to what? How many Super Bowls? Four? And only won three. Or I'm sorry, went to three, three. and only won two. <laughs> there we go. I gave him one more extra here. You know, I'm thinking uh, LeBron numbers or something. Anyway. And I just uh, said how many he won if you were I, listening to me. I, I am, bro. But that all that stuff be a breeze in the beginning, you know. But anyway, so, again, I think about Tom Brady, right? He's been to 10 and won seven, right? And so I think he's very much on his way to do that. Again, if he can have the longevity of his career to hit that spot, to get that far. Um, but right now, I can't I can't put him in like a top three yet. You know, it's still early on. I can't I, I don't even know if I can put him in a top five yet. So. Yeah, I mean, I would say I mean, I would venture to say I might already have him in my top five, to be honest. Uh, wow. I mean, looking at Patrick Mahomes, you know, I, I've said it before. I feel like he's the most talented QB that I've ever seen. Um, and I think that he is on the road that, you know, he can make this very interesting when it's all said and done. Now, you know, Tom Brady, as you've already mentioned, has put that mark out pretty far, especially with winning seven of them. That's going to be tough to accomplish and tough to get to. But if he can, to me, get to that four and five range, I mean, that easily puts him top two all time. Um, and we already know just from a statistical standpoint, it's like the yardage, the touchdowns, all that he's gonna kill anything that's out like he's gonna destroy any of those records uh if he continues to stay healthy so i mean from a legacy standpoint when you can get into that rarefied air of, of winning more than one um you know I, I hate to mention names but like drew Brees, he only got one uh aaron Rodgers only got one uh you made it to that that status where now you have as many rings as peyton manning had in his entire career yeah, so, eli manning eli manning you know i didn't uh back to Peyton like I said <laughs> moment of silence right there but uh but yeah Patrick Mahomes man most talented QB I've ever seen and he's gonna continue to rise up the charts uh I probably have him sitting probably in that top five range at this point if I'm just going off the top of my head yeah I'm, I'm not mad at that I, I think it, it, when I look at it I think that he's definitely up there uh I'm not willing to say top five yet. I do feel like it is a little early, but I can't admit that he is one of more, the more talents that we've ever seen. I think, you know, you look at the Stephs, the LeBrons, the Kobe's, the MJ's that changed the game. He's done it. He's changed the game with the uh, side on throws and the angles. Now you're seeing every quarterback in the league do it. So, I mean, I'm with you on it. I'm with you on it. I Ultimately, I'm rooting for him. Uh, I didn't have a horse in this race. 
And I didn't re- lean either way. Uh, I think I said that on the previous podcast, but you know, to see him add on to his legacy, I'm always a fan of it. And like I said, I'm just going to sit back and watch it and just enjoy his greatness for as long as I can. Yeah, no, I, I respect that. I guess the, just the last piece on it, you know, I know that y'all talked about, you know, it's kind of hard to go ahead and say top five. So, I mean, if you got five ahead of them, I kind of want to hear what that top five is. No, I'm putting y'all on the spot, but I kind of want to hear it. You we'll got let, five ahead of them. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Who let him hammer it out? Talking about a t- t- being put on the spot, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we obviously know who um, number one is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, 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 I got mine. I got go, mine. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, ahead you got it. You got I got him, bro. Look, I, I'll put I'll put Tom Brady ahead of him, obviously. Um, I think that you have to look at uh John Elway in no specific order. No specific order. No, 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 bro. Uh, you said you had it. Put it in order. You got it. No, I don't have to put it in order. He said name five I have ahead of him. So that's what I'm doing. And then you got um you got uh Montana. I think he <laughs> he belongs up there. Um I think you gotta put Peyton up there, man. I I, I mean I don't see how you don't. And then is this a homer pick? I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna put Breeze in. Please there. don't. Breeze top ten of all time, but I'm not gonna put Breeze. I'm missing one. Los, help me out. I I did the four. Dang, I'm having that's, a tough time. You got, you got name, 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 names to consider: John Elway, Brett Favre. I just said, or, bro. You just. I just said John Elway. We're not gonna mention Brett Favre on this pod. No, not yeah. Brett Favre. Brett Favre is I thought you said Joe Montana. Yeah, he said yeah, Joe Montana. Montana. Yeah, I didn't hear you say John Elway. My bad. And then Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And who else you got on your list? What's how many is that? Four. I, I, said, I said four. I got one more. We got Johnny Unitas. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, if y'all really wanted I mean, to go for it, I, I would give you a case. I know he only got one Super Bowl, but I'd give you a case for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say Aaron Rodgers, but he had one ring. So thanks for helping me out there. Yeah. Are we? So what is this judged by? This is what I'm saying. Y'all I saying ring? No, I'm talking about what are you talking here? I, I judge it talent. I judge it resume. I judge it, you know, how many MVPs does Aaron Rodgers got? Three? Four. I think yeah. three, three or four. four. So three or four or something. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know. And then you got Peyton. Peyton stole one from Steve McNair. He only got one. Oh, no, he shared one. No, he got two. He shared one with Who? McNair though. Who Peyton? Peyton? You talking about MVPs? Yeah, he only got one. Mm-hmm. The one he Peyton got like four or five. MVPs. Oh, he got four or five. I'm tripping. Yeah, Peyton got them MVPs, man. He stole one from uh, McNair though. McNair should have had that one alone. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, that's, so, what that's what I'm saying. But that's how it's I say tough. how yeah, tough it is. It is. Than what I it's e- it it's is easy to say not top five, but when you start going through them, it's a it's yeah, a little it, bit it's, tough. And I mean, we we normally would have stats. We don't try to bore people with stats all day, but we could pull out the stats and pull out the resumes. But we record and we freestyle. We want that yeah. natural vibe on on the on the pie. But uh, I just wanted to throw it out there. I just wanted to to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I respect it, and I never said that you were completely out of the, out of the, out of the way by saying that. I mean, when it's all said and done, Patrick Mahomes will be probably the greatest of all time. I mean, you saw, you saw it in LeBron, you saw it in, in MJ, like saw it in Kobe, like you, you know, the guys that are just that dude and all the intangibles in the world. And I think you know, it's like you said. What's interesting is that Tyreek Hill left to Miami to get the money. And you win an MVP. That is sick. Your top weapon leaves. And then you're throwing it to Juju Smith-Schuster, which we'll get to in a moment. You're throwing to Vandales, Vandales, Vantin, Valdez, Valdez, Vantin, Vantin, Marquez, Vantin, Valdez, whatever. And, you know, you, you, you got Sky Moore, who never has really panned out so far. Like you, And you take you have no running back. I mean, Pacheco did have a nice Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. But seventh-round running back, Clyde is never healthy, and when he is, he's ineffective. Like, I mean, you can't take it away from him. Like, you take 
you take Mahomes away from that team, like they not they wouldn't have made won a Super Bowl, and they shouldn't have won, if we're being real. No, I I agree. I respect that. I I got really nothing to add to that. Like I mean, like you said to me, showing you the, the clear MVP when you lose your your top weapon, arguably. I mean, you can choose between Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, however you want to choose one one A that type of thing, but. Uh, to lose that type of weapon and to still be able to get it done and to finish with more passing yards this year than you had last year uh, just shows the greatness of that guy, man. Yeah, definitely. 100%, man. I, I think there's nothing left to talk about besides my depression. Alvin Kamara was indicted on three counts. So <laughs> three counts of battery. I think one was a conspiracy of battery and one was conspiracy to commit battery and battery substantial body harm whatever that means man bro it looks like he it's not looking good for us i think he's gonna end up not playing this season but he after playing all last season and we he was hurt a little bit but we didn't utilize him but to see him go out like this man man you talk about a sharp decline of our franchise yeah, no, I mean, you know, I know we had talked about it even before last year, how, I mean, they had said previously it was probably something that was kind of kicking the can down the road. He would be good for 2022, but that this would likely appear for 2023. Um, and it's definitely has reared his head and it, it does not look good whatsoever. Like, honestly, the Saints as a franchise, you know, y'all going to have to look in free agency or whether y'all want to scoop up a, a running back, you know, in the mid rounds or you looking at that third round i don't know i don't know what picks y'all definitely have but it's definitely something y'all gonna have to explore uh because it's it's not looking good on that front at all so i mean i I hate to say it but the the bad news just kind of keeps coming uh you go from re-upping with dennis allen to uh bringing back why is it is p carmichael because the name was slipping my (laughs) yeah that's Uh, his name yeah um p carmichael yeah and um it's just been kind of bad news after bad news. And this is probably the worst out of all that's been said so far. So, Yeah, I mean, definitely looking at it, it is one of those things, like you said, that we knew it was coming. We didn't know how bad it was. I guess we thought that, you know, with the NFL, sometimes this stuff does get swept under the rug. These guys somehow get off with some type of plea deal and, you know, some minimum suspension, which, again, can still happen at this point. But if you're looking at it from a fan and football standpoint, this is the right time to need a running back. You know, obviously with the free agent class coming up right now, Saquon, we know chances are he's probably going to get locked up and go back to the Giants, but he's a free agent. You got Kareem Hunt out there. You got Rashad Penny who's coming off a year where he obviously got hurt again, but he showed his flashes what he can do. You got Jamal Williams who's going to be a free agent. You got Josh Jacobs out there that – the Raiders decided not to pick up his fifth year. So, um, you know, you look at him, um, when you look at those guys in that bunch, those are some guys that can come in and replace him, maybe on a one-year deal. Or you look in the draft, man, seventh-round pick. We just talked about it with Pacheco, who just got drafted in the seventh round. You can always find a guy. If you're going to miss a guy and a guy's going to either be suspended, cut, whatever the reason be, it's going it, to the best position is probably the running back position, because as we've seen, it's the most interchangeable. You can find a guy at any point in the draft to come in and at least be productive. Maybe not Alvin Kamara productive, but give you something going forward. Hey, we can sign anybody we want, but until we get rid of Pete Carmichael, our offense will be very stagnant. <laughs> but I agree with you guys. I mean, it was very disappointing. It was something that I thought had blew over, I guess, to my bliss. <laughs> I just, as a Saints fan, I just want, didn't want to believe that Kamara would go down for this. Uh, he was on vacation for it looked like about two, three weeks because I follow him on Instagram, and I thought everything was everything was good. I thought it was like you get his you get his vacation in and be back to work, but it looks like he's gonna be dealing with this all off season, and it looks like it will spill over into the into this season if they don't come up with some type of plea deal, which probably wouldn't be to the advantage. But even then, once he gets his discipline from the law. Of course, the NFL will come with their uh, conduct uh, rule where they'll be suspending him. Uh, so it's not looking – it's looking very bleak for us. Uh, it's not the news I was looking forward to when I got off work today. 
So uh, we'll transition. That wasn't even on the docket, but I mean, I just want the vent for you guys. You know how that go. It's a safe space, um, bro. Safe space. You know how I go, man. But well, uh, we had some NFL head coaching vacancies filled, and we wanted to really bring it to the table and really kind of gnaw on it and, and and analyze it. And man, Houston, Texas, man. I told him not to do it, man. I told him not to do it, but he did it anyway. Uh, Demico Ryan's, Demarco Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's went to the Houston Texans after the Houston Texans let go two coaches two seasons in a row after one season. He decided to go home because he played a few years there to there. Uh, what do you think this hire does to Houston? Do you think it takes them to the next level? I mean, I mean, just looking at that franchise. Y'all silence. Y'all silence. <laughs> Say it all. Let's move on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm joking. Right. No, just looking at that franchise, man, they they are in disarray as a franchise. And I mean, the big thing for them is, are they going to get it right? You know, if they sitting there at that number two pick, obviously they need to draft a quarterback. Uh, are they going to make the right decision with that? And I think that that's what's going to honestly impact the, the uh, franchise even potentially more than this particular hire. Like we've seen, you know, what having that good talented QB, what it does for a franchise. And so I believe D'Amico Ryans will come in. That defense will play tough. You know, I think he was a heck of a defensive coordinator over there at San Francisco. Uh, he oh, yeah. won't have that same talent over there in Houston, but he has some guys uh, over there. Uh, hopefully Derek Stingley will be able to shine this upcoming season in that defensive scheme. Uh, so I do like, healthy. yeah, if he can stay healthy. I do like what he'll bring from that standpoint, from a discipline standpoint, um, but it, it's just difficult to get excited about what any head coach coming in to the Texans franchise, what they really going to do when like, as you stated, you know, it's pretty much been one year deals that they've been putting these guys on. So it's hard to just say that a head coach is going to so much change it. I think it's more tied to what they do at that number two pick. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. You know, I mean, I don't even look – I look at that team and I don't even see really any building pieces on that team. The one job they had towards the end of the year, and, you know, I know that their job is to win games, but the first pick, the value of the first pick, they couldn't even secure that. You know, when you secure that, that puts you in a position of picking your guy. You're not waiting at two waiting on somebody to fall. You don't have to trade up. You can think about trading back if you want to build more. Like, you lose so much leverage with that, you know, all of winning a game that didn't matter in the end, you know. So, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I look at that team, I can't think of one real building block. You can't tell me Damian Pierce, a fourth-round running back. Again, we talk about the value of a running back. Is your building block. You know, you look at Nico Collins. He's a guy that, again, second-round pick, but, again, hasn't shown much to be that guy. Brandon Cooks, he's a guy that's obviously a, a guy that needs to be probably traded or moved. He's a veteran on a rebuild team, you know. And so um, even on the defensive side, you know, it's just not a lot there to really build on. So, you know, it's not a lot to get excited about. But, again, I think, you know, the thought process now is to get a young coach to grow with this team because this is going to take some time. This is not a one-year thing. And hopefully they give D'Amico Ryan the time to really build his guys and not, like, you know, Rob talked about, you know, get rid of their coach year after year after year. You can't really put a system or a culture in place if you're doing this every year. So hopefully they give D'Amico Ryan's four or five years to finish his contract out to at least see can he build a culture, get his picks in there, get his quarterback, his guy in there, and grow with this team. Absolutely. Good points there. I won't linger around there, but I will say this. I, you got to think that uh, Coach Lovey Smith thought that that would be his last game and how he motivated that team to win. It was almost like that last uh, – it's like he flipped the franchise off. I mean, easily, like Los mentioned, they could have had the number one pick. You coach him up and and, and they win that last game. And, and, and we know that the difference between that one to second pick as far as value is huge. It's huge. It's, it's the difference, like Los say, if you're getting the guy, that, the, the, the for sure guy – or you having to take the second best guy, which the value could be significantly different. And uh, in this class, we know that this this draft is pretty pretty top heavy. 
Um, you probably could get some later round running backs, but as far as quarterback class, I mean, after the first two off the board, it's a significant drop in talent, even even from one to two in, in my eyes. I don't know if y'all ready to talk about who's y'all number one quarterback in this draft yet. We usually do a draft special, but I know who my number one guy is, and the opportunity not to get him, uh, that would be detrimental for me. But mm, you know. who, who's your number one guy? Um, I, I got it. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Stroud guy. I'm a Stroud guy too, so yeah, yeah we on the same guy. page with that. We on the same yeah, page. Yeah, so uh, I, I think that the difference between getting Stroud or uh, I'm a Will Levis guy. I'm just kidding. I don't even know the kid's name. No, I, <laughs> no, I'm not. A, I'm not one of him. I'm just kidding. Man, Will Levis is overrated to me in the games I've seen. Him Big this time. Year. But like I said, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna get into to that. But uh, the the other coach vacancy that we wanted to discuss was the Colts. Ramon, take it away. Your franchise has found their guy, question mark. <laughs> oh, it's a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to intro and tee it up real quick. Uh, but, yeah, of course, as y'all already know, we've hired Shane. Uh, is it Steichen? I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't wow, you don't know how to pronounce the name? Yeah, because I've heard it different ways. Uh, to me, I read it Steichen, but I think it's pronounced Steichen or something like that. I, I don't know. I have to go back to it. Um but uh, obviously, it feels kind of like deja vu uh, actually hiring the Eagles offensive coordinator after a Super Bowl run uh, once again, uh, <laughs> a la Frank Reich. So it was a little bit deja vu. Uh, Eagles had a great offense this year, uh, top three offense in the league, uh, finished, I think, top five in rushing. Uh, passing offense was dynamic. Uh, so obviously, he's a great offensive mind. But, you know, to me, it's all about are we going to grab that quarterback? I mean, you can be uh, you can be viewed as a great offensive mind when you have Jalen Hurts at QB and, and you have uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith running around with also Dallas Goddard out there as well and then having a stable of running backs that can uh, always make you look good. So to me, it's going to be interesting. Uh, obviously, the thing that boils down to us more too, just like I said with the Texans, is what's going to happen in the draft. You know, are we going to move up and go and grab C.J. Stroud or at least grab one of those top two guys and make sure that, you know, that he has the necessary pieces that he needs? You know, I don't know, even in looking at the roster right now, if we have a true wide receiver one, you know, maybe Michael Pittman can be, but he's kind of more so of a high-end two to me, if I'm just being honest. Yeah, I agree. He was um, on my fantasy team, so I agree with any any type of shade towards Michael <laughs> Pittman. I'm all yeah. for it. I believe he's a high-end two. Uh, and then, you know, running back-wise, I think that Jonathan Taylor, once he gets healthy, I think he'll be back to being one of the top three running backs uh, in the league next year. So, or will he be like Zeke? Nah, he, he's going to shake well, back. Not he, Zeke this past year. I'm talking about Zeke has been on a steady decline for like the past like three years. Yeah, but Jonathan Taylor, he's still so young, so still so early in his career. I think that this was kind of a little blip on the radar. I think that next year he'll send back to that top three status. I mean, we saw – Oh, so you're taking him number one in the fantasy draft? No, nah, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. But uh, – but, uh, uh, I, I don't believe that. I don't huh? believe him for some reason. Huh? Man, that'll, Christian that'll, McCaffrey's that'll... not a spring chicken anymore, my man. Hey, but the guy, he, he ate over there in San Francisco, man. And being in that system and him still being able to do what, what he can do, uh, <laughs> it's, it's arguable, it's debatable. But, but back to my Colts, man. Back to my Colts. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I he mean. We're going to talk about these Colts. Right, right. To talk about. Right. So, overall, man, I mean, I like the hire at this point. But, like I said, it's still, it's, it's apples to oranges. It's not like he's walking into the same situation that he's walking out of just from a, honestly, from a personnel standpoint. But I do think that the personnel is solid enough that if you get that right QB in there, it can turn around pretty quickly. So that's kind of my two cents. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think that, you know, it, it's, you know, it's been done before. I think that y'all have a solid coach there. Y'all just have to get the weapons. And I think it's a good time for him to come in because you want your head coach to be able to choose their quarterback. Y'all have that opportunity. Really, I want to give up some draft capital to move up to get y'all guy or y'all want to see if one will fall to you, which I think Will Levis would be in that area, right? So I mean, yeah, I don't want Will <laughs> the difference. Richardson in too will be in that area too. <laughs> hey, I can't laugh too hard because I'm like, man, maybe we should try it up for Richardson, man. <laughs> nah, but um, 
I'm serious, but uh, flipping sides, I, I think, you, you know, that, that's a bright spot to get your new head coach and then him being in his position and where he can get his guy. Um, so, I mean, I, I was kind of – but one one little thing, I, side note, I mean, I was surprised that y'all did the right thing and not hire uh, Jeff Saturday. I, you know, I still feel some type of way about how that went down. I mean, you got guys on the staff that has this opportunity and you throw Jeff – it's like Jeff can do anything, you know, without coaching experience. So, I was happy that y'all didn't go that route. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of concerned that y'all was gonna go there, Rod. Did you have any concern that y'all was gonna uh, take that interim tag off uh, Jeff Saturday? Maybe just a little bit, man. But I feel like Jeff Saturday, he got the job done. He was the tank commander. Uh, he came in and and got what <laughs> needs to happen, what needs to be done, done. We need to have this rough season, lose these games because we need that that stable QB play. It, it's time out for. Oh, it's season. important, man. Yeah, season after and- season, rotating guys. So. And I don't know if we have time to talk about it, but it's kind of like off of that Mahomes thing. Like Mahomes making $50 million a year. And at the time when he signed this, what was it? It was this massive deal, $50 million per year. It was like, what? And now we're seeing. I mean, if I can get two Super Bowls and all I got to do is spend $50 million a year, I would take that every time. Now that I don't have the luxury of Drew Brees, I know how important a quarterback is to a franchise. So, and then you look at the many teams that struggling to to solve that that answer, you know. So once you got your guy, man, you got to lock him in. So quarterbacks are very valuable, the most important player on the field. That's why they always win in MVPs. I'm not against it. Uh, they they they're important, man. But um, I think that's it for the vacancies that's worth talking about. Uh, are there any vacancies that y'all wanted to discuss that that haven't been filled yet? No. Nah, okay. Did y'all want to talk about how I hope my Saints fire our office coordinator so we can get another one? No. Okay. <laughs> so the NBA All-Star weekend is coming up this weekend. I I mean, I'm most excited for the first year for that three-point contest over everything. Like, I don't care about the dunk contest. I don't care about the skills challenge, man. Just show me that three-point contest. That's the main event. Man, they got some dogs. I don't know who's going to win. Uh I got but, Julius Randle right now. I'm calling it Julius Randle. How much you putting on it? A 20-piece McNugget. If only he was in the competition, huh? He is in the competition. When he got in the competition? It's Damian Lillard, Buddy Hill, Jason Tatum, Kevin Herter, Lauren McKinnon, Tyler Hero, Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton, and Anthony Simmons. And Anthony Simmons, Simon's not, not in there, in there anymore. Yeah. When that happened? That drop that broke today, like – Earlier today, oh, as you was Randall's gonna replace Simon. I'm sorry, listeners. Yeah. I'm sorry. What, what is going on? Why he not competing? In? I was looking forward to that. I'm sorry, brother. It's Julius Randall. Julius Randall is not gonna win this three point. He's not that. He's not a spot up three point shooter. He like a. He probably gonna have the lowest eyes going into. He an easy, easy, easy. You can put an easy ten on there, make some good money on like, that. Make a thousand on that. I don't know the odds on that. You should look it up. But who are y'all favorites for this? I mean, I'll go through them again. Did I go through them too fast? The participants in the three-point contest? You can go through Yeah, slow time. down for us. So we got Damian Lillard. That's my favorite. You know, one of my favorite players in the league today. I know that that's, that don't have nothing to do with this, but I just thought that I should mention. just for like 40 points, man. Man, I, I kind of was bittersweet about that. Bittersweet? There was I'm a like, sweet point to that? <laughs> Bro, I like Dame, bro. I like Dame. Hold on, bro. Hold on, bro. Nah, you can, on, you can't bro. talk, Lowe's. You, you can't grow. No, no, no. This ain't about me right now. This is not about me right now. How is it bittersweet? We supposed to be making a push for the playoffs, and you just enjoying why he's dropping 40 points on us, bro. Like, what? Come on, man. Uh, Damien Litter, the second best shooter of all time. Oh, you just moving time. on now, huh? Damien Litter, the second best shooter of all time. Mm, I'm not, man. I'm not come right. on man come on man second best like deep shooter yeah so who who would you say the second is reggie i think you still gotta look at ray allen man ray allen mm-hmm. i don't know yeah and y'all still gotta look at clay that, too man yeah, yeah put some respect on clay i mean we put respect on clay all right whatever let's go on. buddy <laughs> Jason Tatum. Put respect Tatum. on him and moved on that. after two <laughs> seconds. Jason Tatum, Kevin Herter, uh, shoot, uh, Julius Randle, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, and Laurie McKinney. 
They got some names in there now. Yeah, they do got some now. It's who. gonna be some. It's gonna be a name that has come out of nowhere and win this competition. The favorites like don't never seem to win unless it's freaking Curry. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think I, I think Laurie might. I think I, right. He the I dark think, horse. Right. I think the the one thing that does give Dame the the real good chance is the fact that they added those two spots where you do shoot it from deep of that typical Dame and Steph range. Yeah. That plays into Dame's favor, but like y'all said, it's always well, I mean I say always, but a lot of times it is somebody that's under the radar, a dark horse that kind of comes out of nowhere. Well, let's look, like let, let, let's look at it. One of the only. Let's look at it. I mean, I think Tatum is one of the best players in the league. He's my NBA uh, MVP favorite right now. But I Tatum to me is I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's a three point contest shooting is different yeah. than game shooting. He's a I think he's a better three point game shooter than he is a spot up. But then you got Kevin Herter, who I do think is a spot up shooter, and Buddy Hill is a pretty. He's a spot up shooter to me too. So I don't know. I don't know. Laurie McConaughey, I, I, if I had to put my money on something, because he probably got low odds, too, i put it on him, you know, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Buddy, too. I like Buddy a lot. I mean, so I know Buddy. So who we going with? We never picked the winner. We just talking through it. All right. I'm going Julius Randle. <laughs> you going to put money on it right now? I'm going Julius Randle. I don't know why that's so funny, bro. <laughs> Julius Randle. I'm picking Julius Randle to win this thing. I don't know why he's in this. <laughs> All right. All right. I guarantee he's going he gonna, to he gonna advance. Watch Julius Randle. Oh, he's going to advance. How you go from winning it all to just advancing? If I see Julius Randle sitting there in that final round, bro, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and quick, put a quick 10 on that. <laughs> I'm going to go in and take Dame. No, I'm going to take the favorite, man. Yeah, I'm going to go Dame Dollar. I'm not going to bet against him. After all that Laurie marketing hype. Oh, my God. Hype, you guys. After you guys all that marketing so... hype. I said you know, he was a dark horse. Uh, y'all really going to go Dame? Dame is not going to win this, bro. Okay. Dame can shoot, bro. Dame can shoot. And if, if I had to pick a close second, I'd go Tatum. Just because he has the it factor. Any other things, man? We got the dunk contest. Are y'all excited about that? No, I barely know the names that's in the competition. I remember one of the guys was from our summer league squad a couple of yeah, years Mac ago. Yeah, Mac McClung. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah so I'm got- kind of disappointed because the guy from Portland Sharp dropped out of the competition. He was a guy that we seen. He had some bounce, he even had some highlight dunks against the Lakers the other night. Um, I, I don't know, man. That was going to be my favorite to win it. So I, these other guys, I, I don't know if they're game game dunkers and, or Showtime dunkers. You know, this competition is slowly going away with the flair. You know, <laughs> when they had when they when they told when they said Mac McClung was going to be in it, and at the time he was in the G League, I was like, okay, that tells me everything I need to know about this. Y'all reaching in the G League right. to get somebody to participate? I'm not really excited about it at all. We got Jericho Sims out of the New York Knicks. Mac McClung, who signed a two-week contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. Then you got Kenyon Martin out of Houston, Kenyon Martin Jr. Um, and then you got Trey Murphy out of New Orleans. So I'm not excited about this. Um, I will watch it. Um, but if this if this is terrible, it'll probably I'll probably stop watching this weekend after the three-point contest because that's what I look forward to. Unless they move the three-point contest, which I think at this point they should just move it to the end. Cause it that that's by far been the most exciting. Um, star field competition. Yeah, no, I agree. They definitely should switch it around. Yeah, and I flipped it. I don't know why I did last, but we got the skills challenge. You got Team Giannis, Team Antetokounmpo's. Ah, yeah, I'm impressed. Team Jazz with, uh, with Jordan, Clark- Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, and Colin Sexton. And then you got the rookie team, which they've been doing with uh, Paul, uh, Banchero. Out of Orlando, then you got Jaden Ivey and Jabari Smith uh, Jr. out of Houston. Um, any any takers on who's going to win that? Uh, I'll take the rookies. I think the rookies are going to take it seriously, so I'll take same. The I think uh, John Clarkson's competitiveness will bleed through, as well as Colin Sexton. So I'm gonna go with uh, the Jazz and. The Kumpos, I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, his brothers wouldn't be in this league if if Giannis wasn't in the league. So, I mean, there's not much skill on that team outside of Giannis. So, I mean, they're by far the underdogs there. But anyway, um, 
NBA weekend, man. What are y'all? What are y'all outside thoughts to this? I mean, the weekend kind of like when I went through it is just not exciting as it has been. The stars are not coming out for this anymore, especially more specifically the deep the dunk contest. Like, I don't understand what's going on with the dunk contest. I mean, we've yet to see Jai. Jai fake like he's gonna dunk on somebody from the free throw line almost at least three times a season. He doesn't want to participate. Um, um, obviously, uh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank here. I don't know why. Um, who he played? Come on, help me. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Well, Anthony Edwards, and then uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Zion, Zion can't, stay can't, stay, can't stay healthy. Like, but he wasn't gonna participate even even if he was. I mean, what do you, what do y'all think? What is y'all theory on stars just not choosing to participate in this event anymore? I think it's. I, I think it it just speaks to the culture. It speaks to this new age kids coming up, right? Like. All the greats, you know, and, it, and we can blame LeBron for this. You know, he was one of the best, one of the greatest dunkers. He blamed LeBron not, for something? Uh, I'm shocked. <laughs> I can be, That's I can, the truth. The thing I is, I can be shocked. honest about who I consider the GOAT. I can be honest. He was one of, and still is, one of the greatest dunkers in game, out of games, and never participated. He was one that started this trend. We've seen the Kobe's. We've seen the Jordans. We've seen the Dr. J's some of the greatest players that ever played a game go to this dunk contest and participate, the Vince Carters, right? And then you don't even try. We even had, I believe Paul Pierce even tried a dunk contest, if I'm mistaken. I think he did try it, which I don't know how that turned out. But, like, how do you not How do you not do this dunk contest? I think he set that trend where these guys don't want that pressure. They don't want that smoke, that embarrassment. And then this day and age, too, you think about the TikTok age, the YouTube age, and these guys, you see so much, so many dunks that it's not amazing anymore. Like, unless somebody is literally doing six different spins in the air, putting it between their legs three or four times and dunking it, it's, none of this is amazing anymore. So it's almost like they're playing with their hands tied behind their back, in my opinion. Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, I agree with what you said. You know, it brought me back to when I remember the All-Star Weekend that LeBron said during the dunk contest, I am – whatever putting my name into the dunk contest for next season next all-star break and he never end up doing it uh but like you said i think it's one of those things where it's just there's so many dunks that have been done is it's very difficult to continue to be creative with them and to continue to one up like even if you go back and look at the dunk contest with some of the all-time greats you look at some of those dunks now and it's like I mean, that wouldn't even... I don't know, man. That Michael Jordan junk, junk, dunk from the free throw line is still pretty... Yeah, awkward. yeah. I mean, obviously, you're going to have some that stand out. No, no. You're going to obviously have some that stand <laughs> out. But I'm talking about, you look at the 80s contest in general or the early 90s contest, like, a lot of those dunks would score high 30s right now in the dunk contest. So it's just, you continue to raise the bar. And I think that these star athletes who at this point don't specialize so much in that, like you got some guys that are just dunk specialists now and they don't specialize in it. So it just makes it more difficult to really be exciting, you know? Yeah, man, I agree with both of you guys, I think. But to Lowe's point, I think that what makes the dunk contest, at least with me, when I, especially when you look, at uh, Zach Levine and, and Aaron Gordon when they went at it. I don't know what year that was, but that probably was the best dunk contest I've ever seen, which before that I thought was the Vince Carter year. Um, even the Dwight Howard year was boring to me when it was Dwight Howard against uh, Nate Robinson. Nate, Nate Robinson, Robinson, your twin. Yeah. Yeah. That, chill out. And then you got you got you, you had Blake Griffin jumping over the front of Akia, which wasn't that remarkable. But, you know, I thought Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon really revived that sport and that competition. And I think I, I want to say probably my theory about it. I agree with everything you guys said, but an interesting aspect is that I, I do go back to Zach Levine and, and, and that Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon won that dunk contest and was snubbed, you know, and it could, it could be debated that he was snubbed twice. And, you know, he said that he wasn't going to participate anymore uh, maybe guys are, are just at a point to where they feel as though the judging is not where it needs to be. I, I thought I thought Dwayne Wade really, really shortchanged Aaron Gordon that year uh, against Derrick Williams, which was his teammate. So I, I think that when you have things like that going on, I mean, I, I don't think these athletes who devote their entire life to this sport, it you know, and then they had finally get a break in the weekend. You even got Lucas in. I'm, they asked him what he's looking forward to for All-Star Weekend. He said – when he flies to Mexico. 
So he's not even worried about the game, you know? So, you know, I think that it's that when, when guys devote their time is like, Hey, I'm gonna give up my free time to come up with some creative stuff. And then it could be taken away from me because judges aren't judging this event correctly. Then I think that superstars are, are, are less interested in, in getting in, in, involved or invested in it. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, that's a great, great point. I mean, you know, you do look at that and on top of all the things, I think it can be a combination of all those reasons. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? agree. Yeah. And with that superstars and all that, and for us as a fan, that's what makes us want to watch it. We want to watch, yeah. we want to see the Blake Griffiths in there. It may not be exciting. They may not do an exciting dunk, but we know Blake Griffin's one of the best dunkers. We want to see the Dwight Howard. How does the center look in this type of competition? We want to see those stars in there to do this. But again, for all those reasons, the, all the pressure, you know, everybody watching it being the last event, you know, from their standpoint, from their branding standpoint, you know, I see why a lot of these stars are like, hey, you know, this is I'm not going to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is this going to do for me? You know, it's just I think it's just the game has just like I said earlier, like Ramon mentioned, and like we're all kind of just saying here is it has changed, you know, and it, it is involved. And I don't know how they revamped that. You know, we talked about the all-star game, you know, as, at one point that wasn't even competitive, but they made that competitive. Now they made that into a way where they got to compete. They have to be in a standpoint where they're, they're making it more. So it's a dedication to Kobe and, you know, getting to a certain amount of points and different things. But yeah, that's all I have. Ramon, go ahead. I know you had something. Oh no, no, y'all good, man. Y'all, y'all covered it. You know, I think that honestly, just getting back to it as well, like the switch needs to happen because, the most exciting thing kind of in the game right now is shooting in general. Like the three point shot is really taking over the game. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it in times past, you know, the dunk was the major thing that had been added and they were allowing the slam dunk. And so that took over and that was the thing everybody wanted to see, but kind of the, the three point shot, the way that it's taking over the league to me, like you said, they got to consider now making that the featured event. I, I have an idea. And now you guys can tell me what y'all think about this quickly. What if during the dunk contest, you know, they do three different dunks and with one of those dunks, they can do almost like what we seen in arena basketball. They can have some type of trampoline or something to it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that makes it interesting or more interesting, but like they have to do two regular dunks, but they one of their dunks they can choose to use some type of trampoline or something like that. That adds a different aspect to it. How can you use that? That gives you a little bit more bounce. I don't know. Let me know what y'all think. I don't know, Los. They might break their neck, man. You have some <laughs> claims in there. I think that, you know, that takes a lot of practice and a lot of work to execute. Yeah. I, uh, I but mean, it's I a think thought. It's a thought, think, though. It's yeah, a thought. I think they, it's worth trying with. Honestly, with what a dunk contest is, it's worth trying. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a, a dying era for sure. I think my son, unfortunately, he won't get the experience. He will have to look on YouTube to see uh, the great dunk contest um, here. But um, that's All-Star Weekend and a wrap. Uh, I guess finally, are you guys planning on watching this? Are you talking about Saturday night? Are you talking about Sunday night? Like For all of it. Friday, you got the, what, the celebrity, the celebrity. basketball? I never watched that. Uh, I don't know. I just, it's not entertaining. Even though they got some good players in there like yeah i'm interested to see dk and how he played ball but football players look so awkward on the basketball <laughs> right. court right right but i mean i still ultimately will watch man the sports fan in me is still gonna watch all-star weekend as much as i i trash it or talk about it or say negative stuff the sports fan gonna cause me to watch it <laughs> same here bro what about you love I don't know, man. I'm just I, I might take a break this weekend to keep it real. I might catch the, I might catch the All Star. I, I, oh, you I'm on All Star close. break? <laughs> they say LeBron playing, huh? <laughs> they say he playing, but again, if I'm LeBron, you know, I know the competitive spirit gonna come out and everything. I'm thinking about the the second half of this Lakers season. You know what oh, I mean? Like big way, King. Talk about it, King. That's our next I, segment. I don't know. I'm just thinking about just relaxing and just kind of like, yeah, doing what I can see, let the fans see me and just kind of resting that foot. He's coming into there missing the last uh, two out of the last three games. You know what I mean? So if he's thinking about the season, he's serious about it. I don't know how hard he pushes this game, you know, do what he can, maybe go put up 20 points and get out of there. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it. I, I'm gonna watch it. I'm definitely gonna watch the All Star game. The All Star game has been good for the past like three years, so I'll definitely be watching that on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, I'll probably watch it just because of the fan of me, like Ramon. Uh, but ultimately, I'm not gonna like myself watching it. But second half of the season, Los, you alluded to it, man. How good did our Lakers look against the Pelicans the game before All-Star break after the trade? So we never talked about the trade. And, oh, we didn't talk about the trade. And, yeah, we talked about the trade. Yeah, we but about the trade. Now we finally can see we got a couple games on our belt. Um, guys, what do y'all think? Title contenders? Steven, I think so. No, uh, yeah, I, I watched that segment this morning. I had a little time this morning. I mean, I think Definitely a playoff team, but I would not say title contenders right now. Um, I think these next 20 games are going to be important as far as how well this team gels. But to say, like you mentioned, these last three games, as we record this on a Thursday, they play – well, I guess when this drops, they won't play again because of the All-Star break. But as we recorded this, you know, they played three games together. One was where they just got absolutely torched by a team that could not miss – but, you know, again, that happens in the NBA. But the, against the Warriors, they showed good defense. They played well in this last game where they just they showed up against a, 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 a New Orleans team that beat them, you know, not too long ago and closed them out. And they just seemed, they just handled this New Orleans team and blew them out. I can't tell you the last time I watched the Lakers game and they cruised. So I think the, the sky is the roof. What my guy said, Michael Jordan said, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's just one of those things where you see it, and I think all three of us as a fan and watching these legacies last couple years since the bubble championship has been frustrated with this team, but you can see the potential with this team. You can see the excitement with this team. You can feel comfortable going into this game and saying, hey, okay, my team is going to at least compete. You're, there's no – guessing on what type of team you're going to get. The chemistry is there. And, you know, we got rid of some some stuff in the locker room and some players that absolutely just, you know, see more about themselves. And now these these guys are playing for each other, and it's fun to watch. It's absolutely fun to watch. No, and I like you alluded to, man, with just the ball movement on this team. I know last game I think they had 32 assists um, in that game, and LeBron highlighted that specifically. You got guys that – are going to be comfortable sharing the rock. You're not going to have anybody that's going to, you know, have turnover at the turnover. I think um, D'Angelo Russell last night ended up only having one turnover in that full game. And so you look at him replacing essentially, or in essence, a guy like Russell Westbrook, who was leading the league in turnovers. And so um, it's just a completely different vibe with the team. Like I'm going to venture to say, they are contenders, you know. Now, of course, like you said, they have to get into the playoffs. So you got to clear that threshold first. Uh, but when I look at the teams that are there, when I look at what Anthony Davis and LeBron were able to do in that 2020 run uh, and winning that NBA championship in the bubble, and I look at the pieces that surrounded them, I mean, I think that arguably you could compare the pieces that surrounded them then to the piece that surrounded them now. And I think that what they have as a benefit this year is that they do have a guy, a number three guy who can go and get a bucket routinely. Like D'Angelo Russell can go out and effectively score and it doesn't have to just boil down to LeBron and AD consistently getting buckets or having to create for everybody. You have a third guy who can create and who can get his own bucket. And I like the roles that they have the other guys in. You finally have a floor, a court that spread now uh, for LeBron and AD with the shooting that you have surrounding with Malik Beasley, uh, the way that he shoots, D'Angelo Russell can shoot. You can bring Austin Reeves off the bench to be able to shoot. So I'm, I mean, maybe, you know, I'm wearing my Lakers glasses right now, but when I look at the landscape of things and if somebody thinks like a team like Memphis is a contender or, you know, a team like the Clippers are a contender, I mean, I think that the Lakers are right there in that mix. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree everything. I'm not going to uh, be a mockingbird here, but I will say that I enjoyed the game last night as we're recording this. Um, it was probably one of the best time. I was telling Lowe's, this is one of the best. Uh, this is the best I've seen the Lakers play in some time. Like, they were actually fun to watch last night. And I know it was against the Pelicans. They didn't have Zion, but we all know that how we were looking with Westbrook and that that friend, that uh, roster – Man, we were we wouldn't have probably been in the ball game, but you know to see us dominate from um from uh, end to end, I mean 
quarter, the first quarter of the fourth, I thought it was really nice to see uh, great momentum going into uh, all-star break and hopefully these guys keep it up. But, you know, uh, I think we got youth springy legs. We got people that's hustling in Malik Beasley um, and, uh, and, and Vanderbilt. Um, I love the addition of Russell uh, D'Angelo. Welcome back home. Uh, we, we drafted him in 2017 back and it's just nice to see a true point guard that understands pace that that's basketball IQ is the level of a LeBron uh, and AD. And you can tell that LeBron and AD likes like playing alongside of him. I'm excited to see what this team can do. And I too believe that we're, we're, we're true contenders. Yeah. I'll just make a quick point in many ways. You know, this is, we could say this is a new start of the season for the Lakers going forward with this roster. But if you ask me, me personally, this is just my opinion. If you look at this roster compared to the bubble team that won, I would take this roster over that bubble team that won that championship. Again, that was a different year, different time, and different things going on with COVID and the bubble and all that. But if you look at that bubble roster and you look at this current Lakers roster right now, and you can you can make an argument that this team is better than that team that won it all. I agree. Yeah, no argument here. On the flip side, the other big trade, we kind of discussed it on the last podcast, but um, Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavs. So on one end of the spectrum, you got Mikael Bridges dropping 40 points, which I didn't think that he had the ability to do. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Kyrie, who is still being Kyrie and Luka still being Luka. But, I mean, they haven't figured it out. I think their record right now, I think they, I don't think they've won a game yet together, right? Uh, if, they, if they have, it's only one, right? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, don't think they won together. They haven't won together yet. They lost the last three games so far. Okay. They, but they won games when Kyrie was out. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry when Luca was out. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think they won. Did did they win the? I think they won. Why Luca was? They won one game with Kyrie while yeah, Luca was out. They won. They beat. Uh, I think it's the Kings. They beat. Uh, and, and then they came back and lost to the Kings the next time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's worth having a discussion. It's only been three games of them playing together. Um, is it too soon to call it right now on this dynamic between those two working? I, I mean, I don't think it's too soon. I mean, you know, just from a you know, people watching basketball and being a fan and, and see if they pass the eye test. Right now, and when we when this trade first happened, we talked about it on here. We talked about um, how is that going to work, being two guys that, hey, you take the ball, you take over. Here, you take the ball, you take over. And how is that going to work in the playoffs? And as you see right now, the chemistry is off of this team. And they gave up a lot of their core pieces to make this trade happen. When you give up a Finney Smith, your defender type guy, when you give up a Spencer Dinwiddie, a guy that can give you do it all for you, you know, and then you got to realize Brunson also was a loss from them from free agents in this past year. You give all those pieces up and you're trying to piece your team together with buyout guys. You know, the chemistry is going to be off, you know, especially when you got two guys that are used to taking over the game and having the ball majority of the shot clock. That's not really getting people involved. That's not like, you know, we talk about the Lakers now who a team with three players that are willingly, you know, and D'Angelo Russell and, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, three guys that want to share the ball. That's not those two type of players in Luka and Kyrie. They're ball-dominant guys that, yes, they get their assists, but they get their assists at the end of the shot clock. It's not because of a bunch of ball movement. So you see the result of that right now as you see their record kind of, you know, they're losing games, they're dropping games. Kyrie's missed a game already. Luka's missed a game. I don't know. When the trade happened, I don't know what, what – I wasn't on the side of saying, hey, this looks good. <laughs> this this is going to be crazy. Yes, there are two good players, but putting two good players together to me does not give you a good team. Yeah, like you said, man, it's, it's all about fit. And I think like you alluded to as well, the supporting cast that's around them. I mean, when we've seen them on the court together, they have played well together. I mean, they have been able to put up good numbers together. Uh, but just putting up good numbers that obviously, as we know, doesn't always lead to winning. And so I believe, you know, when you sacrifice some depth for a team and you're going to be very dependent on those two guys, then you're going to need them to come through with, you know, Herculean efforts night in and night out. Uh, so I still think ultimately it is very early to tell. I mean, they have lost to teams who are really, you know, either playoff teams or teams in that playoff hunt. 
So it hasn't been easy games or easy walkover games that they've lost. Uh, but I think that we'll need to really see it uh, after this all-star break to truly judge it. Yeah, I think it's too soon to tell. Um, just out of the, the scale, when you break down their games, I mean, you even saw it, I think it was the game before. I'm, I'm not recalling who they played, but you could see, you know, they, they're playing, it's like they're playing hot potato to see who's going to close out the game. Yeah, was it um, the and then ultimately, game? Timberwolves game? Maybe? Yeah, it was a Timberwolves game, yep. And, you know, ultimately Kyrie ended up throwing it away, you know, turning it over. I, I think that could be a, a issue that they have to figure out. Um, I do think that without the ball in his hands, uh, dare I say it, Dallas fans don't kill me. Y'all may kill me for saying this, but Luka may be useless. I don't think he's used to – I think it's been a while since he's had to play off ball. I think he's more effective with the ball in his hand, making the plays. And, um, hey, I I just don't know. I hadn't seen it. So I think that that's a hurdle that they have to get over. Um, I don't think that Luka has the skill set. In theory, we say that he has the skill set of, Le, of a LeBron. But I, I don't know. I don't think that – you know, I don't think he's as adaptable as LeBron is because LeBron can be effective with the ball out not he can play off ball he's done it but i mean then again then you revert back to that miami heat team when lebron first went with bosh and Dwayne wade it took them almost a maybe a, a maybe a few weeks after all-star weekend to figure it out so i mean maybe give it some time i think it's too soon right now um but um it, it's something it's it's gonna be interesting i want to see if they can i, I want to see we, we also always say ultimately Great players figure it out. Uh, I want to see it. I'm gonna have to see it. But anyway, I'm always happy when the Dallas Mavs aren't uh, succeeding. By the way, so shout out only, to Myron. Only yes, yeah, shout out to Myron. <laughs> only for, only for him to be a one year run on him to come to the Lakers, Kyrie. So the buyout market we got. Um, it was announced that. Kevin Love is on the market. What do you think, guys? Think? Do you think that that should be a guy we should target as a Lakers, as Lakers fan, as a spot up shooter? I don't think we ever can have too much shoot. I think I think it is somebody that you can look to target. You know, one thing that you want is versatility. I think that this team has versatility at this point. Uh, but having a guy like Kevin Love that just gives you another guy that you can play a different style of basketball with, like that was really the key to that 2020 team that we talked about with the Lakers was the way that they were able to play different styles. The way that they played in the first round against Portland was different than the way they played against Houston, which was different than the way that they played and utilized their bigs against Denver. Um, and so I think that it's, it's always good to grab a guy, a veteran guy like that, a guy who has that finals experience, who has the championship experience, uh, who made big plays, you know, even in back to those finals when they won it all. Uh, the stop that he had on Steph with under a minute left to play. Um, so I think that, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have a guy like that, another good locker room guy who has that chemistry with LeBron. You know, it, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, I, I I would think I would think that LeBron's already have had a conversation with Kevin Love about what his plans are at this point. Um, I think and he's a have... Cali guy. Sorry to cut you off, but he's a Cali guy as well. 100 percent. And I think that if we can send one Cali guy out and, and bring one in, in, in Kevin Love, let's, let's do it. Let's get him. I don't, I, I think we, 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 we can't have too much shooting. We finally got Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt who can, you know, they, they're formidable shooters. They at least pose that threat. And then you got D'Angelo Russell who can shoot it. You don't want to leave him open. So no more clogging up that lane, you know? So I think the more we add on to that dynamic of the team, I think the better we would be. Uh, I definitely want, I'm a strong supporter. I think Kevin Love still has a little bit left in the tank. And I know he has enough left in the tank to knock down some three-point shooters and play maybe 15 to 20 minutes a night. So, Yeah, I like the idea of that. I love the idea of that. I mean, again, you need depth, especially when we know the injury history of our team. You know, So I like the idea of having the depth and being able to rotate a guy in there and especially having playoff spring and just to be around the young guys. Be around the young guys to – See what it takes. You know, these are guys that won championships together, him and LeBron. And, you know, who knows? Like you said, with Kyrie, all three of them get together, like you mentioned. Got the band back together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 
Look, fellas, man, I, I mean, I think we did it again, man. Great podcast. Thank you for rocking with us for this long. If you stuck around to listen to the final segment, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. We hope that you have a great weekend watching the all-star festivities that start on Friday night and goes through Sunday afternoon. Of course, that will be the all-star game, which I'll be watching. Um, we also want to do a quick shout out to all the listeners that are following us. If you aren't, what are you doing? Make sure you're following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're if you're not subscribed to the podcast, then you're doing yourself an extreme disservice. I mean, you're not getting notified when we drop some hot content, which we're back to being consistent. So you want to be locked in on when we drop something. Um, but other than that, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. And until next time, we out of here.